This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. We are joined today from a neighboring state, Columbia, South Carolina. It's Alex Kirby. He's the owner of Trifecta Lawn Care. What's up, Alex? What's going on, Paul? Thanks for having me today. Oh, you're welcome, man. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, share the story. So you're 26 years old, got about a pretty new marriage, four or five years marriage and new baby yeah. along the way. Life's good up there in South Carolina, huh? Man, it's good. Good weather too. We need that. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Ohio originally, so when I moved down to Georgia, this great weather down here. I love it. Yeah, it's, we get what eight months of growing season here, man. March through October, we're mowing and growing, and as you say, cut that grass, make that cash. Oh yeah, that's that's what I say, man. Cut that grass. And I know that's that what cash. I'm saying. That's what, <laughs> I, I get that from you, man. I get that from you. I oh. love it. Well, I originally uh, got that from Greg Chisholm, uh, Geek the Freak. He's, he was saying that years ago, and I, I would just say it. It's really caught on. So, I, like, all my friends, you know, when they see me, they're not even in the green industry. They're like, hey, cut that grass and make that cash. And it's funny. <laughs> You're looking for the pine straw and mulch one. Yeah, I, I got to get something clever for that. I think up north they say plow that snow and make that dough. Yeah, that's good. But uh, cut that grass and make that cash. So you, what got you into the industry? You're telling me 30 years ago, or 30 months ago, rather, you had no experience, yeah. and now you're running several crews. How'd this all happen? Yeah, man, <clears throat> you know, I was working at a church out of college. I got a Bible degree, and uh, my faith is the most important thing to me in my life. And I just got married looking at my new wife, and, a little bit of student loans and a truck loan, knowing nothing about finance at all, as most of us don't know because we grow up in schools where they don't tell you anything, right? Right. And so I looked at my wife four months in and said, hey, this isn't going to work. You need to do some side hustles. And a older gentleman from the church came up to me and said, young man, would you like to cut my grass? And I just, you know, started looking for some side stuff. I said, absolutely. How much does it pay? And he told me 40 bucks. And I couldn't even believe you could make $40 cutting grass. And so borrowed some equipment from my dad, and that was the start of, you know, kind of cutting a couple yards here and there. Then fast forward four or five months into that, decided to leave the church for some, some different reasons of disagreement, no, no big deal, and looked at my wife and said, hey, what if we did this for a couple years? What if we did this, you know, at the time it was a couple years, and really got us ourselves ahead financially and freedom so you could stay at home. We have kids and stuff like that. And and she was like, absolutely, let's do it. So we started January 2017. Wow. Uh, and off and running, the Lord's really blessed it, and it's been really cool. So zero experience, learn from YouTube and learn from other guys in my area who I met with for breakfast and asked questions and stuff. And been really really cool how fast we've grown and how god's blessed the business wow that's really cool i've i've had the same ways of learning coffee with guys who are you know further down the road and and on youtube i'm curious on youtube who who'd you start watching who kind of had a big impact on on teaching you i wish i could even tell you you know at first i literally didn't even know my first customer i didn't know how to edge you know he said hey edge the yard and i thought that meant you so eager to hit the grass back off the sidewalk so, so like I just YouTube how to edge and wow. how to do the basic stuff, and then from that point of just knowing how to do the basic stuff, I went and like you said, got coffee, got breakfast with 
I got breakfast with one guy who's the best landscaper in town that I knew of in terms of like quality of houses and quality of his work. And then I got breakfast with a guy who had about eight employees. So I got it from both ends on terms of quality, efficiency, and then like the business aspect on how to quote, how to price, how to hire people, stuff like that. So did you flip the weed eater up and just edge it that way? Or did you have a blade edge or how'd you get that first edge in there? Well, after uh, my customer went, hey, you forgot the edge. And I was like, I played it off. I was like, oh, yeah, I did. My edge was broken. That's when I YouTube how to edge and saw it was a blade edge or so. I went and got one of those and edged it out. But, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Wow. Pretty embarrassing, but pretty humbling to start off that way. Yeah. I mean, I remember my first time with the weed eater. I didn't even, yeah, I I, I have a similar experience. So you, you, when you start and know nothing, it's just crazy because your story and my story, there's so many guys that started with very minimal experience and, you know, now, you know, are doing six figures in, in revenue a year. And um, it's just a really um, awesome opportunity. So in 2017, were you solo or did you have a helper? What was kind of those early months like? So... I started off solo for like three months, you know, January, February, March is pretty slow. Yeah, most stuff's dormant. What kind of grass do you guys have in Columbia, South Carolina? Man, we have the horrible centipede. Everybody's got centipede here for the most part, and you've got your sprinklers of St. Augustine, Bermuda, Zoysia, all that stuff, but mostly centipede grass. Yeah, we're we're here in Atlanta where I'd say 70%, 75% Bermuda, probably about 20% zoysia, which zoysia is getting real popular down here. Right. And then we got like 5% of people that have fescue, and fescue just does not grow down here. Well, it grows, but then in the summer months, it's so hot, it just looks horrible. It turns brown. Yeah, it it burns up. It it, it needs to stay up there in Ohio and Minnesota. But um, anyway, so January, February, March 2017, you're running solo. The grass is kind of dormant, so there's not that much work to do for starting your business. Then what what happened? I did a a ton of leaf cleanups and pine straw, uh, which was really crazy that that many people called for that in that time. So, you know, I think my first month, being transparent, I think I did $7,000 in revenue. Wow. um, Which is, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And so I had a guy help me once in a while, but... My whole goal was to get ready for growing season. So mm-hmm. I I think in April I made a big push with door hangers and got a logo and all that stuff. And marketing is really important to me in the lawn care business, marketing, branding, all that. And so by about May 1st, I had about 60 accounts, which wow. which I was pretty, pretty pleased with. And then I hired my first guy full-time uh, May 1st. And so then I rolled a part-time and a full-time guy my first year, and we did about 240 wow. in revenue that first year, wow. which was pretty pretty incredible. I never could have seen that coming. That's awesome. So 2017, you get, you do $240,000 in yeah. uh, top-line revenue, and you had one guy full-time and then another guy part-time. Part, yeah. Wow. So what was your wife thinking after year one? Because, mo- I mean, most guys year one <laughs> – is in the red were you i mean i'm assuming you were profitable with 240 revenue and just that little of overhead were you pretty profitable or yeah i definitely was you know this goes back to paralleling my journey of financial literacy as well because that's another huge journey of this you know i'm big on dave ramsey Mm -hmm. um 
I think Dave Ramsey puts biblical finance into the most modern way, so that's why I like him so much. But I'm really about what the Bible says about money. And I didn't know anything until April, that same April, I read his book for the first time. Stupidly, I just bought a new Tundra in March and Ooh. financed the lawnmower <laughs> in March. Yikes. And I'm like, I don't even have customers yet. What am I doing? But my, my accountant at the time said, hey, you need write-offs. And so uh. luckily, that was the only debt I took out on the business at that time. And so got those 60 customers and was able to, to pay that off in a year, but didn't finance anything else. So that was that was good. Um, so, yeah, we were pretty profitable. But, you know, I had student loans. Our goal was to pay off, like, personal debt. I had, like, 30000 in student loans. Mm-hmm. And I guess I had, like, 15000 or now I had, you know, 30000 from the Tundra and, you know, 8000 from the mower. So that whole first year was, like, paying off. All that stuff. So you it paid your you paid thirty thousand in student loan debts off. Yep, I did. Wow, one year. That's yep. powerful. Did you call Dave Ramsey and do your debt free scream or? We have not called him because, to be honest with you, Paul, we have a pretty large income now, and we don't really want people to know what that is. And that's one of the questions he asked you. And we had well, my well, that's one reason that my wife got pregnant right when we got debt free. So I think she got pregnant three weeks before we got debt-free. So, and he kind of wants you to go out there for a debt-free screen within like three months of being debt-free. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, in in the future, if you do do it, I know there's some people like that work there and they said, we just, you know, we don't want to say what our income is now, but it's, you know. Right. It's pretty good. Uh, But I, yeah, I understand that. So you paid off the, you paid off the Toyota Tundra as well? I paid off the Tundra. Um, I paid off the mower. I think I paid those two things off right before growing season of last year, so year two. So paid those things off within 15, 16 months, and I paid the debt off, student loans off uh, by the end of the first year. Well, that's powerful. Now, most guys in their first year get have hiccups with the IRS because no one teaches you. Mm-hmm. When you work for a company, they right. take out the, you know, they take out the taxes and they send right. it in to the IRS. When, when we own our own business, unless you come from a business, you understand how the finances work in the business, you don't realize April 15th, June 15th, you know, yeah. four times a year, quarterly. you got to pay your quarterly taxes. So you do $240,000 in year uh, year one. How did that work with your quarterly taxes and paying the IRS? Right. Were you on top of that? Did you get behind Luckily, I was pretty on top of it because my parents have owned a business for 32 years. Oh. So they were like, hey, don't forget the quarterlies. That was like the one one of the biggest things they told me to do. And so I got an accountant from day one. And, you know, she didn't expect us to do as well as we did. So we definitely were a little behind on the last one. But, you know, as a new business, you have a lot of those new write-offs. So that put our, you know, income on paper a lot less than it was. Right. So it wasn't too crazy, but you're right. Quarterly estimates will bite you in the rear if you don't, if you're not careful. Yeah. Well, I have a savings account. I literally, um, cause I do, I used to work at an accounting firm and I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I do my <laughs> own accounting. Um, I have a professional, you know, that will do the return at the end of the year, but I'll literally, whatever a check comes in, I'll literally take a percentage of every single payment that comes through, whether it's credit card or check every single payment right. and I take a percentage of that and I put it into a savings account and then every, Smart. you know, quarter, you know, once a quarter, 
I just sent it in last uh, Monday, June 17th. I sent it in for the for that quarter. Whatever's in that account, I just send it to the IRS. Um, because that, I mean, that's so important to, to, to stay on top of that. So 2018, um, you have, two, you know, you're coming off of your first year. You crush it. Then what happened? So then I continued to learn the business aspect. You know, I, I think the lawn care business has a big hole in the market, which is one reason why I think I've been able to grow in terms of there's a lot of guys who are awesome at lawn care, but they know nothing about business. So they don't have uniforms. They don't know how to brand. They don't know how to reach customers. They just wait for the phone to call, you know, ring. And so I took that really serious going into year two. And I called a lot of businesses, you know, didn't wait for them to call me. I was like, well, how am I going to get some, I'm trying to land a big fish. That was kind of my quote for the year is, okay, I've got a lot of, a lot of minnows in the pond. How can I land a big fish this year? And sure enough, I called this regional home builder who's pretty significant name in uh, the three states here, North Carolina, South Carolina, and now they're going in Georgia. Um, and sure enough, they were like, yeah, we don't have a lawn care company. And I said, please let me come meet with you. And so I was able to secure them in a end of April of last year. And now they're about 40% of my business. So there are huge, huge things. So was able to land them, and then I also started, you know, I got a, I had a full-time residential crew, and then a full, I call it full-time corporate crew. So we mow all their lawns and keep up their um, corporate office and stuff like that while they're trying to sell these houses that they build. Now, how far out does that go? You don't drive to North Carolina and Georgia, obviously. I drive to Augusta. Oh, wow. uh, Which is about 50 minutes from my house. Yeah. So it's a little further than I'd like. You know, I know. People talk about route density and stuff. Right. But for me, I, I don't want a wolf coming into the hen house, so I don't want competition with these guys. Yeah. So if I can be in Augusta for a full day with the crew, to me it's not a huge big deal um, as long as you're there for the whole day. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So now, and we can be sensitive if you don't want to give your current numbers, no, but – What's um? How many employees do you have now, and how are things going here? As we're in, in, you know, midway through the 2019 season. I've got 12 employees now. I've got five crews, and we're approaching seven figures for wow. estimated for this year. Wow! So, what's your day to day like? Man, you said 12 employees. 12. Yeah. Wow. So, what's your day to day like um, navigating that? Well, I got an office. You know, this off season, a big thing for me was expansion because we had two crews last year, and now we have five. So, I was rebranding. I built us an office at my property. Luckily, my wife's grandparents had two acres, and we, in exchange for mowing the five acres of the whole property, we rented out from them, so to speak. And um, so, I built an office here. So, for me, day to day is scheduling, invoicing, hiring. Um, trying to get new customers, answering the phone, you know, all of the office type stuff. I definitely have to go on on the crew once in a while if we have a crew leader out sick because uh, I've only got five guys who can really lead a crew. So, so what, I have to do that. Yeah. Um, you said you, you know, you're on top of being professional and having uniforms. What do y'all, what do y'all yeah. wear? So we wear, these, you know, it's kind of like a soccer jersey. We, mm-hmm. we wear these really cool, 
I don't really know what you call them, but you know how like softball teams uh, have the like those really cool jerseys now, like yeah. men's softball teams. Yeah. So I, I kind of went with something unique like that, and then we wear um, those Magellan like they're kind of like fishing pants, but they breathe really well. Mm-hmm. So my guys, I don't want them wearing shorts because we weed eat a lot, and I don't want their legs getting messed up. I have to be a little more careful since I have employees and don't want you know their rocks hitting their shin and stuff like that. But, right. Um. Yeah, we wear that, and we wear you know, trifecta hats and stuff like that. And it's a requirement that they wear that every day. We have we give them three shirts and three pairs of pants, and I take that pretty serious because we have a. I think you you said on one of your things you have a lake community, right? Near near where you cut grass. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like, two. The, the the lake community is down in Oconee. Uh, my buddy Tony uh, is operating down there, and I have one customer down there. Uh, but okay. I work in a country club. There's a lake in the country club. It's not the the fancy okay. lake, but um, yeah, where I I work, it's you know million dollar homes to two, three, four million dollar yeah. homes. It's it's a gate to get in the neighborhood, and then there's even more gates within the neighborhood. I mean, it's 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 the one percenters, and yeah. you know most of my customers sure. play for the Atlanta Falcons, or uh, one guy plays for the Arizona Cardinals, but has his you know his wife has a house here and. Other one plays for or coaches for the Chargers. They have a house here. So it's, uh, my customers are kind of all NFL money, but they want you professional and they appreciate you right. know having a golf shirt on. And I mean, I I don't have to have a golf shirt, but I just I take uniform serious because I just try to be you know very professional and and, and professional people they appreciate that they want somebody who's exactly. gonna who's gonna be. I mean, it is. You're you're doing hard labor, and especially in Georgia and South Carolina, it's hot. So I think they understand. Like, you know, they don't expect you out there in a tuxedo, but uh, <laughs> just just being professional, uh, it, right. it's something so simple, so simple. Uh, but then you got you know you got the other guys with their wife beater thing on and just their whatever. They just dress real ghetto, and it's just like it it makes you separate so much when you have yeah. a uniform on versus just totally. dressing like you're in the hood. Right. Well, I brought up the lake thing because we have a huge lake. It's one of the biggest lakes, man-made lakes in the country, I think, right on the outside of Columbia. And okay. Which lake so is that? A, lake Murray. Okay. Lake Murray is real big. And so there's two main suburbs on each side of it, and we do a ton of work on both of those. Wow. And so that's where our uniforms really matters because, like you said, these people, they're they're white-collar most of the time. They want their person looking like they would at least invite them in to have a sandwich. You know what I mean? And so that's big for us. My, my guy's not looking sketchy. Not you know, No cursing is allowed on my crews. You know, we're a Christian, you know, foundation company. I don't have all Christians now. I did before, but I've started, you know, being open to to not them not having to be people of faith. But they have to hold to our standards. So uh, that's really that professionalism, branding, and stuff to me is one reason, if not the reason, why we've grown so fast. Because I still think the lawn care industry is way behind uh, other industries in terms of that, if you're trying to build a big business, you know what I mean? Not, not if you're just trying to be you and somebody else, which is totally fine. You can make killer money, you know, with one helper. But if you're trying to grow a business, so many people just don't, don't emphasize that stuff enough, in my opinion. Right. That's really good. How'd you come up with the name trifecta? That's funny. I think I was watching, you know, people ask me that all the time. 
one of my, I was thinking about branding and stuff, and I was like, well, I don't want it to be my last name, because, like, everybody in my town, it's like, you know, Smith Landscaping or whatever their name is. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be an adjective. A lot of people's is, like, precision or superior. Right. And so I was watching, I'm sure I was watching Steph Curry, man, and he hit a three, and I think the announcer went, oh, that's the trifecta. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. That's a cool word. Trifecta, all you need is a mower, a blow, a blower, and a weed eater. That, that'd be three. And uh, so I think at the time, that was where I got I got it. I thought that was kind of in the criteria of what I was looking to do, is be have a unique name that people would you know, think was really cool. That's awesome. Now, how is social media? I think that's where we connected. Um, I think I interviewed the debt-free landscaper and then you (laughs) slid up in my DMS calling him out being like, man, this guy didn't, isn't a hundred percent debt-free. And then I was like, I told Michael, who's a friend of mine, I was like, man, you got to talk to this trifecta guy and work this out because you're promoting your debt-free and he's saying you're not, it was, it was, um, comical to me. Um, yeah. but that's how we connected. And then, um, I, I have, a uh, I'm, I'm doing the Dave Ramsey plan right now. I'm on, you know, baby step two where I'm still paying off my debt. So whenever somebody yeah. says I've followed the Dave Ramsey plan and I paid off debt, it's just, I just have a mutual respect. Cause I know how, how much discipline it takes to reduce your lifestyle. And, and typically yeah. when someone's on that plan and I'll do a whole nother show explaining what that plan is. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about. But basically, you live as frugal and scorched earth and simple of a lifestyle as you can for a season while simultaneously to as aggressively as possible, making as much money as possible, just working like crazy hours to right. to get that money to pay off your debt. So when someone says they've done that plan successfully, it's like, man, I have so much respect for you because I know that the sacrifice that it takes and the countercultural lifestyle you live to mm-hmm. live on you know, a budget and pay off debt. So, um, I, I didn't even tell you, you know, Paul, the details of, I lived our first year in landscaping. And I told you we did the two forty. We lived with two other couples in a house to wow. save money. Like we, we did this thing like legit, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I took it so serious. I worked 70 hours a week. I said, I can do anything for a short season to, to win. And we lived with two couples. We didn't do anything. I worked till eight o'clock at night doing quotes, you know, just crazy stuff. And now my wife and I, I don't know if you've seen our stuff, but we live in like a tiny house, like on TV. Mm-hmm. So we bought like a tiny house and we, uh, we love it, man. 399 square feet. It's getting a little small with the baby, but yeah, man, I, I love that you're doing that. I think it's so crucial. And it's, it's so many things like ripple effects down the line that people don't see when you pay off everything. You know what I mean? Totally. Man, that's so good. So what's social media? You know, that's where we connected. How is, how do, do is that part of your business plan? Or you just do it just yeah. kind of for fun. How has social media influenced you and your yeah. business? Insta- Instagram is more fun for me because, you know, my target customer is 35 to 65 year olds. And they're not really big on Instagram. I did get my first client off Instagram this year, which was pretty crazy. But um, Facebook has been huge for me. So Facebook, I must get three to five messages or calls a week off it from Facebook for our business. And that, that yeah, Facebook has been crucial for, for my business for sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Well, what have you? What's been the most 
um, important lesson that you've learned um, along the way? I know we all make mistakes as we start in business. It's inevitable. What's kind of been your biggest mistake and, you know, what'd you kind of learn from that? I'd say one of my biggest mistakes is probably over promising and under delivering um, in a lot of ways. That's landscaping and that's also the business side. So, you know, you will tell, there's a natural inclination to tell the customer anything they want to hear when you're growing a business, right? Because you really want to get them. Um, we've all felt the rush of getting a new line or a route, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you'll tell them, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that for you. And then two months later, you've, getting, you've gotten eight phone calls from them and then they drop you, right? And so that that's one of my biggest mistakes early on is letting my, my words eat me alive, so to speak. And then on the business side, you know, when you get maybe a big customer calling about 20 yards of mulch or something like that, um, yeah, we can do it in this amount of time. And yeah, we can do it for this price and, and whatever. So I think over-promising, under-delivering has been one of my bigger mistakes. And I'm try- I, I think I've learned you know, stick to your guns. You know, that's something I've learned from guys like you and uh, other YouTube and Instagram, whatever, lawn care guys. And I, I really like, my favorite probably is Blades of Grass. I think his name is Johnny. Have you, mm-hmm. have you seen Johnny on there? Blades of Grass, he's out of Savannah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he's really, one of, he's, he's really big on sticking to your guns. And so that's something I've learned is if they say no, they say no, you know. Yeah. Now, what do you guys charge up there in South Carolina for a yard of mulch delivered yeah. and installed? Well, I'd say when I started, I charged like sixty-five. Um, we're probably in the range of eighty to eighty-five dollars a yard installed now. Um, so, if someone wants twenty uh, yards, do you? Yeah, I char- discount like seventy-five. Okay, and then do you do um, do you charge a delivery fee in addition to that, or that's built into the per yard price? That's built into the per yard price. Okay, we've got some. We've got a big mulch supplier here that does, uh, you know, free delivery over five yards. Oh, wow! Within twenty, yeah, it's pretty cool. Over twenty, you know, within twenty miles of their location, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. And then, what's kind of when you're billing out um, in South Carolina, the the market here in Atlanta, it's it seems it's about in between fifty and fifty five. I mean, I've talked to just about every company in town um with the hourly rate per man hour for you know labor um so you know f- when you're billing something you calculate fifty dollars or fifty five dollars per man hour um just kind of the, the that's what atlanta you know real companies are paying not just a guy with a yeah. truck but you know million dollar company that's exactly here. what it is here paul that's exactly it's 50 to 60 a man hour here definitely okay. So you're kind of, yeah, I mean, you're right next door. So I figure it's the same. It's just a land is a big city. Um, right. So you think it would be more, but the problem is there's so many, um, you know, solo guys with a truck. Right. You drive down the road in Atlanta and it's just everywhere you look, there's a truck and trailer um, with the weed eater rack and just mowers. I mean, it's everywhere and it, 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 it pushes those prices down. To where you know it's kind of like fifty dollars a man hour is you just know you can get that. So what, what do you charge for like those cookie cutter neighborhoods there, like quarter acre to a half acre there? Is that still about fifty bucks a cut there? Well, yeah, I don't. I've really you don't have many. 
I I personally don't because I'm in the big I'm in the I only I'm in the big country club. So right. these properties that we do, you know, they're paying three four hundred dollars a month for the mow edge blow and trim the bushes, and then in addition to that, they're you know they're getting fifteen twenty yards of mulch. They're getting um, twice a year. They're getting seasonal flowers. So some are getting um, begonias in the spring. You know, ten fifteen flats of begonias, and then they're getting you know the same ten or fifteen flats of pansies in the in the winter. Um, the ones that don't get pine or mulch get pine straw, and so they're they're spending a lot of money um, per account. But you know these are millionaires in a million dollar house, and I've I've te- I've I've been on the fence because I'm like, well, it, it sounds all good on paper, um, but honestly, the cookie cutter neighborhoods that are paying it's fifty dollars. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the some are forty five, some are fifty, um, but they're real easy, and you can just get in and out. Boom, boom, boom. Especially if you got a two or three man crew. It's a three man crew. I mean, bam, someone throws the mower down. The other guy's running the edge. The other guy's running the weed eater, maybe clipping a couple bushes and blowing. Yeah. You know, you're 25 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, um, and then you're doing that's, a whole bunch of them right. in the neighborhood. So, yeah, those houses are $50. And I, if I make an adjustment, um, my knee and shoulder has been really bothering me. And so my doctors, I've been talking to them and they're, they're trying to get me out of the being a laborer. So I, I really trying to recalculate what I'm going to do for 2020. Um, but as of right now, I don't really have those properties, but I would say $50 is your average mo edge blow for a basic sized cookie cutter neighborhood here in Atlanta. Yeah, we, we have a ton. That's like huge part of my portfolio. So we have so many neighborhoods like that, which is 45 to 55. It's pretty standard. And I'd say we probably have 80 accounts like that. Yeah. So where we come in and what's called mobile and go here, we just get it done. Two guys just rifle through, you know, 15, 20 a day. What takes the most on those though are, is if there's bushes, do you guys charge extra for the bushes or you just include yeah, we that charge in the price extra. per service? Yeah, or you just say, we'll separate. do the bushes once a month or how do you do the bushes in, up there? It, it, if it's a higher end customer, then I will include bushes in like an annual price. But if it's someone who only does, you know, growing season, because the the problem with those neighborhoods, right, is they don't have a lot of trees, so then they don't really need your services for like three months out of the year. Right. So, so how do you? On the annual, yeah. So how do you do your billing? Break it down for us. Yeah. So I do something super unique in billing, and a lot of it's been a huge benefit. I actually charge at the first of the month before mm-hmm. we come. Right. So a lot of you know a lot of people bill at the end of the month. I send all my customers an invoice the uh, two days before the the next month starts, and you know we have a service agreement where they're supposed to pay by the end of the first week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, my cash flow is awesome. I don't have to worry about chasing nearly as much money. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about you know are we, are we going to have people walk away and stuff like that. And then my schedule set. So we pretty much run a month-to-month contract business, right? So if you pay for the month, we come for the month. If you don't want to do next month, that's fine. Don't pay. But that way my schedule on my five, four crews is set. It's not going to change. You've already paid. We're going to come. Yeah. So, now, how do you collect that? Through check or do you do they pay quick online? Books, quick books. Quick books online. We do quick books online, which is pretty cool. They've got a really sweet, easy way to pay through email. And then I have I have some people that mail checks. Okay, what QuickBooks Online? What are they charging for the um the, the f- transaction fee? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not very much. It's only if you want it next day, which we don't do, it's kind of high. But it's only fifty cents per transaction if you wait three business days to get your money. Really? So if you charge yeah, a customer, if the customer pays a hundred dollars, when it transfers into your account, it's only ninety nine fifty. Right. Really. Mhm. Man, that seems too good to be true. It's it's totally true, dude. It's really good. <laughs> huh? Because I'm using yard books now, and I haven't fully calculate it but if i if i the customer will pay with the card which i like about it though is i charge the card on file so we're coming right. up we're coming up on the first of the month literally i'll go through each of my customers and i'll just i'll create the invoice and i'll hit charge card on charge card on file and then i'll go to my next customer bam charge card on file so on july 1st i'll charge all my customers cards they put their card on file they've given me permission to charge it the first of the month and so and then it takes a couple of days to get into my bank but then you know by the third or fourth of the month i have all the revenue for that right. month's um maintenance program and uh but they take out you know if it's a hundred dollar payment i only get like ninety five forty. so they're taking out a lot um so i gotta yeah, figure out how to right. yeah i gotta figure out but you can't do the charge card on file with QuickBooks. I'm pretty sure I could, but for me, I don't. I haven't wanted that risk yet. I have a lot of people who are leery of giving their car information out, and yeah. for me, if anyone got you know compromised, I think it'd be a big risk to my business, especially being a little bit bigger. Yeah. So I've kind of we- I've kind of been weary of that. Yeah, that, that I completely understand that. That makes sense. Cool, man. Well, Alex, I really appreciate your time. How can people connect with you online? Yeah, you guys can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube is a new thing I'm trying to build up. Trifecta Lawn Care. And uh, you guys message me, contact me. I usually get back to people within the day. And I've been trying to coach some guys and answer any questions I can. So you can find me on those three social media platforms. And our website is trusttrifecta.com. And then how about uh, GIE? Are you going to be going to GIE in October? Yeah, dude. I went last year, and I am planning on taking a good bit of my team up there this year. So you guys should see us at the GIE, and uh, we'd love to collab and talk. And, Paul, we definitely need to meet up at GIE. Oh, yeah. I'll, have some dinner. I'll be at the the um, party that um, I think Wright Mowers, Echo, I don't know all the sponsors this year, but they're uh, putting on a party with Naylor Taliaferro, the LCR Media. Were you at that party cool. last year? No, I wasn't. I was oh. just now getting into the social media game at okay. that point. So, so there's this party that they all sponsor it. So it's f- very good food. Um, that these companies, you know, they 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 host the party. So um, LCR Media is the one who puts it on. But Echo and Wright Mowers and um, I think Toro. I, I don't know all the sponsors. But all the big players sponsor this right. thing. So it's really good food, and uh, you can bring your whole team, and. Um, you you get to eat like a king all night the buffet line i just kept going through the buffet line eating and then <laughs> all the social media you know keith calfis will be there brian's lawn maintenance and blake b&b lawn care and i mean anybody who's anybody brian uh top notch um all those guys I'm, I'm leaving out a handful of people but anybody who's got a big social media following they're all at the event so it's just a great collab night it's usually the thursday night of the gie and uh you get to meet any of your social media influencers and the brands will be there it's just a, it's the networking night of the year in in the green industry so definitely cool. I'll definitely be hitting that up yeah thursday night of the of the rally it's 100 percent free thanks to 
you know, the companies that uh, sponsor the event, but that's definitely, uh, a lot of people are like, hey, let's meet up at the GIE. So I just tell them, hey, let's be at that event. I will be there and uh, we'll uh, connect and everything. Cool. Cool, man. Well, thank you for your time. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah, Paul. Thank you, man. God bless you, brother. You too. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.